warehouse. Uh, we've got some consistency on this show. Um, we've had a lot of viewers over the last few days. Ian and I are having a ton of fun kind of bringing you guys as to date knowledge as possible uh, to our local real estate community. Um, we've done our, I think our eighth show um, and we've had about 10,000 uh, followers so far. Uh, so it's, it's been fun and we're going to be trying to bring on some local guests as well. If you're a local real estate uh, investor, expert, uh, and you think you have some good value to share with the community, feel free to reach out to one of us. And if we believe you're a good fit, we'll be happy to put you on the show with us. And, you know, we can chat, have a lot of fun, bring value and, and, uh, and things, and things like that. So of course, one of our guests just hopped on. I got to mute her real quick before I bring her on. Hang on one sec. Okay. There we go. Um, so again, you know, the purpose of the show, obviously we're in some very unfortunate times right now and we're not really discussing anything related to the virus, coronavirus and things like that. We're trying to focus on being optimistic and positive and proactive during these times. And residential real estate in general, although there may be some long-term effects in our business, there hasn't been too many effects as of yet, at least locally. A lot of real estate investors and agents and real estate professionals are still kind of working. I wouldn't necessarily say it's business as usual, because you know, as of recently, we have our stay-at-home orders, and you got to be, for the most part, an essential business in order to operate. Um, but in general, things are still proactively moving forward, and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of investors that you know believe that there's good opportunities right now. And you know, who knows? Who knows if uh, these are our our good opportunities, or if we're just kind of all suckers, and all of a sudden, this whole thing's going to crash. I mean, I think Ian and I both are optimistic about about the future and yes there could be some sort of market correction and things like that but at the same time um we're optimistic and we've seen some good deals and uh Ian and i were just chatting about some some opportunities and some deals that we currently were just involved in separately and you know we couldn't believe that some of the prices that were out there so everyone keep their head up keep their chins up and stay optimistic yeah, no, there's uh, no way better to say it. I, I was just thinking on the way down here to the office, uh, we were supposed to have uh, another guest on. Granted, we're doing work, and, you know, I think it's a great time. Um, you know, you want to stay optimistic, um, but it's a great time. I don't want to say take advantage of, but there's definitely ways to get work done. Um, those of you that are thrifty, now's a great chance to get some work done. I think that's going to be the topic of our discussion today. Um you know, there's definitely deals to be had. Something that just happened to us yesterday um, is we had a seller reach back out to us and now want to agree to the negotiated price that we were discussing. Six months ago, our offer wasn't good enough. Now, all of a sudden, our offer the best offer on the table. You know, the question is, do you keep digging on that or do you, um, you know, do you accept it because it was a good deal then, you know? Uh, kind of a hard place to be now it was an office complex smaller type facility um but i think there's a good chance that we could you know still uh make money and i still think the price that we offered before uh should work going forward so um it'll be interesting to see if we get that one under contract or if we can continue to negotiate a little bit deeper on it yeah exactly um exactly yeah, now I'm here. I had to mute for a second. My dog was barking in the background. Uh, oh. <laughs> um, let's let's bring on Amy Breeden real quick. So Amy's with Studio A Staging. Is that what it is? Studio A? Studio D? 
D. I don't remember. But anyways, let me unmute you, Amy. <laughs> Um, because I am curious to ask her a bunch of questions related to what she's seeing right now, especially with, um, you know, stay at home orders and it, has it affected her business, but more importantly, if real estate investors are staging houses right now. So Amy, I'm unmuting you now. Uh, give me one sec and you will be plopped on the screen. There you are. What's up? Nice. How are you? Good. How about yourself? I'm good. Yeah, you Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. So I, I guess give us a rundown real quick. We What's are that? moving and grooving. Um, as of, you know, as of right now, I would say what's going on in this crazy world, you know, we're still going. It hasn't really affected our business, um, but we're just staying positive and we're taking all the precautions and doing what we know what to do. And that's staging houses. Exactly. Or I would say um, still actively staging houses. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I've gotten three calls today. Uh, we had nine installs this week. Um, it really, it, it knock on what it hasn't affected us, which is surprising because going into it, you know, you always want to be prepared. So I, I, I prepare my team and we talk about it every single day and how we're going to move forward and, remaining positive and how we can stay safe while being in these properties at the same time, but also servicing our clients uh, because that's what's most important at the end of the day. Um, and it's as long as the phone's ringing and as long as we are able to get out there and do what we do, then that's what's most important. Yeah, no, that makes uh, that makes a ton of sense. I'd say, Amy, a uh, quick question I got for you. Has yeah. any have any of the investors brought up? And I know it's probably new and crazy, but has anybody been concerned about um, making sure the equipment's sanitized, or um, you know, is there anything specifically that you're doing with your workers, or you know, have any real estate investors brought up any of those types of concerns? They haven't. Um, they haven't surprisingly, but you know, every property we go into, I'm I'm sending my team. We're going in with Lysol. We're going in with sanitary wipes. Um, we have gloves just to make sure that we're taking all the right steps. Because to be honest, we don't know who's been in the property before us. Um, you know, some of the time when we arrive at properties, contractors are still there. We've made it, you know, kind of mandatory that no one else other than us are allowed to be in the property during the time of staging. Um, just, just for safety reasons. And it's to benefit all parties you know, at the end of the day. Yeah, that, that should finally help you where uh, I remember us trying to stage properties and we got drywallers over top of your furniture. So I guess you'll be happy for that. that you don't have to worry about the drywall dust dropping on your uh, um, furniture anymore. And now that doesn't mean they won't come in when we leave. But... Yeah, but at least you don't have to see it get destroyed, right? Yeah, so, exactly, exactly. Um, I know something we talked about before and, you know, you're probably going to yell at me when I bring this up, but now that people are doing more virtual tours of properties, are you worried about more virtual staging or virtual staging making a comeback? Or do you still think that the sea of field of touch is ultimately going to win? So what I'm recommending to my clients, which isn't something that I usually recommend, is doing the 3D Matterport tours. Um, what that is, is obviously, you know, a photographer goes in and shoots every property. But what the Matterport does is it provides a visual um, which a photography service, you know, can provide. And it walks you through the property. So if you're watching it from your computer on the screen, 
you can, you know, click these little circles that it's like you're actually in the property. So you can stand in front of the couch, behind the couch, um, and pretty much walk into every single room. So you get the feel as if you're in the property. Uh, that's something that I'm really pushing because you don't know how many buyers are going to want to get out there and, and meet their agents at properties. And it's really important to take and use marketing to, you know, your full advantage. Right. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. And um... virtual staging now, you know, with that being said, virtual staging, it doesn't give you that. So sure, yeah. is it cheaper? A hundred percent. But you're still going to have that buyer that's going to want to go in and most likely see the property that they're buying or the home that they're buying. And then there's going to be no furniture in it. Right. And I don't think, I still don't think that virtual staging has gotten far enough. I mean, the way you guys stage your properties are absolutely gorgeous and your flippers that are doing the work or, you know, are doing quality work. I don't think virtual staging, it still doesn't look as, you know, it doesn't look real, right? Like it doesn't look as real. And then when you get in the property, like, you know, I don't know about you, but if I'm looking to buy a home, obviously the first place I'm going to view it is most likely online. And right. then I'm going to go by and I'm going to view it. And once I'm in the property, I'm not going to pull out my phone and be like, oh, hey, let me look at these photos to see how right. they had the furniture laid out that now isn't in the property. Right. That's what's most important. Yeah. Have you seen any of your investors having to um, extend past your normal contract dates? Is the market seem slower right now or is it everything status quo? A very small percentage. Usually if, you know, usually if properties have to go through you know, past our term, it's price, I would say. It's very rare that we do go into a monthly, um, which is kind of why, I don't know, see that. Right. you just see the results. You just see the results. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. I guess it was more like your consistent, um, your people that are normally turning in quick time frames. have they had any stumbling, you know, going out the door, getting stuff sold? You know, I guess because, sure, we're optimistic. Realtors optimistic. You're optimistic. But somewhere in that supply chain, if there's a delay in something, somebody's going to come out and say, well, yeah, no, staging's not getting out quick. Or no, we staged, a property that was, we staged a property on Monday that was in con under contract in three days. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, especially with everything going on right now, that's huge for us. That's the feedback that I love to get. And that's, you know, why we right. enjoy what we do. What, um... You know, obviously we do a lot of rentals. I know we've discussed it before about staging rentals. I mean, is this a time where you think people are going to have to step up and start staging rentals because of more virtual tours of, of everything? I have clients that stage rentals. Okay. Um, I, 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 I do. And, and I think they do it just because it's, even though the profit isn't there, at the end of it, they want it, you know, they want to sell it quickly and they want to get it rented quickly. Right. So they're putting their best foot forward and they're, and they're just staging them. But yeah, I mean, as far as marketing comes, I think it's crucial to stage a property, whether it's a rental or not. Right. What, um, what do you, uh, what, is there anything specific that you think you're going to have to do different or is there another revenue stream that's come out of this for you in your business? Like um, has interior design increased because more people are sitting at home or is there another revenue stream or has it just been consistently what you do? So far, it's consistently what we do. It hasn't affected us, and and I and I hope that it doesn't affect us. Right. If it does, you know, I need to keep my team. You know, I, we need to keep busy, and I want to keep my team moving. So there are a lot of different routes that we can take. Um, home staging is our forte. It's it's what we love to do, and it's what we're best at. 
uh, interior design. I don't know that people are going to be putting money into that right now. Right. So. Well, um, yeah, and I know you obviously yeah. your husband's a Go ahead, Jay. Yeah, that was my thought process is what, what happens in a week from now? Um, let's say a week from now, everything gets shut down a little bit more. Construction's not an essential business. Real estate's not an essential business. Um, you kind of just go on defense, kind of hunker down, kind of revamp, revamp the plan um, in, until it gets back into order. A hundred percent. You know, as of right now, the only, you know, Pennsylvania is the only stage, you know, that they're not allowed to serve and that's installs or removals for staging right now. Everyone else is, is up and running and they're able to keep pushing through. So as long as we can do that, that's what I plan to do. Um, you know, safety is first. Safety of myself and my team is, is really important. So if we get to a point where it's not safe, we'll have to revisit things. But right now we're just taking it day by day and doing what we can. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah uh, I mean, I, I, I was gonna, I was gonna make a bad joke. I'm gonna say if I get stuck in the hospital and there's no hospital beds left, I'm having studio staging come stage my hospital room. So there you go. At least you feel at home, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would guess there, I would guess there's gonna always be a need for some sort of staging. You might have to pivot in one way or the or the other, but you know, I think the whole supply chain of real estate investing in general, which is interesting, is there's so many parties involved, and I think everybody gets affected in one one little way and it may come to the point that you know if the market's really really bad and there's and there's less properties that kind of are getting sold you know that might that might impact your business um on the other side of it if the market's really 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 good that could also impact your business because maybe people are like i don't want to spend the extra money on on staging i'm just going to go in at it solo because i know it'll sell either way so i think in general you know, I don't think anyone really wants anything drastic to happen to the real estate investing industry. You know, kind of just stay the same, stay solid. Like, let's have good opportunities. If you find a really good deal, there's opportunity made. If you don't find a really good deal, you might lose, you know, you might not make any money on the deal. And in general, just kind of keep everything slow and steady. And I know we've always talked about this, but I don't think, and if somebody wants this, they're crazy. You don't want stuff to go up and then down, and then up, and then down. I mean, it's just slow and steady. Slow and steady wins the race all the time. You know, even even if and you know, even if prices just increase slowly, 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 there's just a lot more opportunity there, and there's more longevity to any business model than just these spikes up and down, up and down, kind of like we've been seeing in the stock market recently. Right. Right. No, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Um, you know, you know, for us, I say we're very fortunate because ninety percent of our business they are investors. So, you know, most investors out there, they want to keep moving and grooving. They want to keep making money. And in order to do that, they need to put out properties. Um, so as long as they're putting out properties, we're staging them, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, I would guess just from knowing you guys that, you know, you have the upper hand compared to a lot of other staging companies in general. And, you know, this has been a very common theme on this show related to who's going to be in trouble and who's not going to be in trouble and the strong are going to survive, the weak are not going to survive, are going to go under and the ones in the middle, you know, who knows, depending on how hard they work, depending on what resources they have available to. But, you know, if you don't have much overhead, if you already have a lot of the equipment, if you can weather the storm financially for a few months until everything gets back up and running, maybe not normal, but back up and running, you're fine. You know, if you're, if you're reliant on each deal, 
to close and you're pushing hard to try to get every single one of these uh, properties staged, you know, just don't have a chance. So I think it actually will benefit the companies that are more stabilized, who have a bigger operation, have already done all the heavy lifting and, and put in a lot of hard work. You know, you're going to, we're all going to have to continue to do a lot of hard work to stay, to stay going and to get back to where we were. But at the same time, it's the difference between staying in business and not staying in business. Right. Hey, Amy, did you ever get into uh, any like office or commercial staging ever? No. Oh, I, I think you're lucky in that aspect. I know we briefly discussed it before. We discussed it. Um, you know, down the road, I'll say there's the possibilities that we could branch off are endless. And I think about them every day. Um, but right now, my main focus, we're so busy. I mean, I have, I have 85 properties that are staged right now. So for me, you know, my main focus is, is, is the staging. We could go into so many different things. We could, we could offer so many different services, but if we can keep going with these houses, then that's, that's what we enjoy doing. And that's what we want to do. Nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a it's a great business. It's a great business model, assuming investors have inventory for you. And I think on the other side of this, in the end, no matter what happens, people are still going to need a place to live. People are still going to flip houses, you know. Um, right. So there's right. definitely yeah, business. Exactly. You know, and I think a lot of, you know, I think a lot of real estate agents will start to see the value in it as well if they have a vacant property that's out there because it's, it's just it, – Without staging, without it's just a blank slate. So if you move furniture in there, then you know you get online marketing. It just looks great. Yep, I agree, and we certainly appreciate it. Uh, Amy, how can everybody find you real quick? Uh, we have a Facebook page, which is Studio A Staging, where you can see hundreds of properties we've staged. Uh, we also have an Instagram that's also Studio A Staging, or you can call me direct at four one zero nine two five. Seven four nine eight. We appreciate it. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, Thanks Amy. See you. you know, she brings up. I mean, honestly, she brings up a really valid point. You know, I wonder if it's a time like where, if you're in a competitive situation, you know, not only for selling houses but rental properties, I think are going to become more competitive. You know, because you're going to have the house flippers that can't sell. Um, yeah. And you're going to have inventory. It's going to be like Jack was saying yesterday, maybe a little bit harder to move tenants right now that um, I wonder if it's a time to like come up and talk to her about staging rental properties, you know? I don't know. I mean, I don't have enough experience with ours, um, you know, cause you know, the most we ever had were 20 and we've got whatever our 14 left. So I'm not sure. I mean, you'd be the best person that <laughs> you would know better, better than others. When you have subsidized tenants, do you have issues or is it mostly just the retail tenants? You know, I mean, honestly, we have one vacant unit right now and it's with everything going on. It's kind of like, it's hard to compete when you can't get traction, right? So how can you compete online or how can you get people to view your property and have the best pictures available to you? I just yeah. thought it was interesting that she brought it up. You know, I'm literally thinking out loud right here on camera right now, just, thinking of ideas you know um, yeah and, you, and potentially you could you know i mean this is her business model not ours but a reduced price point where it's just you stage the living room and that's it or the kid you like something because you know there's seem there's you know obviously you wouldn't want to pay it you know equivalent to you know a whole month's worth of rent you know to 
you know, to get that thing staged or who knows, maybe that is worth it doing it if you, if you get a longer term tenant in there. But I guess it really depends on, on the, on the situation. So, so my takeaways were a few things. Number one, you know, real estate is still very active and a lot of investors are staying very proactive and they want to get their hands involved in every deal that they can right now. I mean, that's good that, you know, things are still kind of, and again, like I don't want to use the term business as usual, but like business is still getting done, which is good. You know, everyone wants to be proactive and business is getting done. And I believe that their business model, not just the model, because uh, I like the model, but them as operators and their business is strong enough that no matter what happens, it'll, you know, kind of will survive. And, you know, this is a real, this is a real stress test on a, on a lot of people related to, you know, what's going to end up, what's going to end up happening. Can you weather the storm? I mean, you can't weather the storm for a month or two, like that's tough. Um, and, and, and it'll be, and it'll be challenging. And, you know, a lot of real estate investors and real estate pros, their businesses operate month to month, just like, you know, homeowners might, uh, operate paycheck to paycheck. So we'll see what happens. And, you know, the interesting thing is I think that whoever kind of not necessarily survives, but whoever is proactive, optimistic, moving forward with their business as best as they can in kind of the guidelines that are available. Um, and listen, if, if, if construction is not essential and other things in her business are not essential, like she's going to have to close shop and no income will be coming in um, potentially. And, you know, that's something that will happen and that could happen to a lot of people. But in general, um, the ones that are, you know, active and, and not, not just being like optimistic's part of it, because sometimes it's hard to be optimistic when you got to play defense. You know, some people are on straight defense. Like I need to clean up my portfolio because it's a mess. I can't think about, you know, buying new stuff or bringing on new clients. Like I got to, you know, some people might have to play straight defense and I get that. And, you know, if that's the case, that's fine. But like, you know, these are the times where, you know, instead of running and hiding, like these are the times that you do good by yourself, your employees, your business, your private capital investors, your partners. Like this is this is grind mode. This isn't like cool. Well, I don't have a lot of work to do today. I'm just going to do my hours worth of work and then go home. This is like get on Gary Vee's schedule and hunker down for 20 hours a day if you need to. And some people's are worse than others, right? Some people. You know, it's straight survival. Like I got to do whatever I can to make it work. And some people, you know, some people it's like, hey, like I don't have much work to do. It's like, well, figure out what to do because if you want to be as strong as you can when you come back, when stuff comes back, let's say in the summer, this is the time to do it. This is the time to do the heavy lifting. So you're in front of your clients and you're in you know, front of your marketing campaign. You're in front of your capital investors. You're in front of whoever to be as strong as you can be. All right. Well, and what I was going to ask you, and you bring up all valid points, you know, is that, you know, there are going to be a lot of people that are struggling during this, not just us, but homeowners and other businesses. So something that I think you can do is, is match your message, right? Like Amy doesn't, Amy, sure. She, she normally stages and she promises that, Hey, we can sell it in three days, but maybe the message now is, Hey, listen, you got this property. Times are a little more tough. People are doing stuff virtual. Let's jump on here. Let's get this place staged. Let's do a Matterport. And, you know, you can provide value. You know, the biggest thing, and uh, it was a huge takeaway I took from some podcasts that I listened to. Uh, I think you listened to the same one, is matching the message right now. If you're doing a marketing campaign right now, it's not get out there and um, say, hey, I'm going to the best dollar for your value. No, it's you're solving a situation for people. You need to match the message of what's going on. You know, 
up until what two weeks ago or a week ago, we, it was the best thing in the world. We were everybody was promising prosperity. Now everybody's in survival survival mode. So you need to figure out how to match your message to that. So if you're a big marketer, uh, we don't do a ton of wholesale deals. But if I was doing a mailing campaign, I would find a way to match that message of, um, you know, of of surviving or getting through this or some way, shape, or form, matching that message. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, we've talked about this on every day that we've done podcast. Every day we've talked about this exact same thing. Like this is the time that you create your marketing campaigns. This is the time that you create your brand. This is the time that you go all in. Most people do not have as much transactional work to do right now that they have in the past, me included, right? You know, I still get a lot of calls every day, a lot of loan applications every day. We're still closing lots of loans every, every week. That being said, there's still less transactional work that is done. So, you know, we're game planning yeah, strategies in order to, you know, make sure we come up on, you know, come up on top. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of other investors and business owners and um, just a lot, just a lot of other people in general that are, that are proactively doing stuff. And, you know, you could be the person that you're sitting at home watching, you know, binging Netflix and doing and, and doing whatever. Um, and like, I don't want to preach like Gary Vee because like, I'm certainly not a robot like him. <laughs> um, and I, you know, and I'm not one to do, you know, grind 12 hours or whatever, but you don't need to, you know, how, how often do you normally work? Nine to five? Great. You can do everything in that exact same window. You can still accomplish everything else because I know that everyone doesn't have as much transactional work to do. Yes, they might have to play defense on stuff that they weren't intending to in the past, and I get it. But like these are the times that you know you can you can game plan. But you know I don't think anyone's going out right now and gonna you know make an absolute fortune overnight right right now. It's just not it's just not gonna happen. Everyone's hunkering down and stuff like that. But that being said, you know do right by do right by others. Do whatever you can for your community. But then at the same time, you know figure out your game plan for your for your investment business and then come out ahead. It doesn't matter who you are. If, you know, if you're a real estate agent, you know, figure out some sort of marketing campaign um, that you, that you want to put in place right now. That's going to start June 1st or July 1st. Um, honestly, I probably wouldn't even start it right now. I would just wait and see and see, you know, see what happens with things and have the whole thing in place. And then maybe, you know, come July 1st, Hey, it's summertime. Uh, we skipped our spring market because, you know, who knows what's gonna happen with our spring market, but people want to get into houses before, you know, the next school year. So all of a sudden, July 1st, you know, do your mark, do your marketing campaigns, pick up the phone, start doing stuff. Like time is gonna tell very, very quickly who the strong are. And guess what? Even if you don't have the strongest business model right now, or if you're or you're you're newer or whatever the case is, and you're not fully, you know, you're just you're you're not, you know, in a perfect situation now, you can you can be soon by just, you know putting all the pieces in place so you can go all in on the real estate industry as soon as, you know, things change up. Yeah. Best defense is the best offense, right? You know, if you have your affairs in order now and take advantage of it, another, another nice thing I think right now is that a lot of people working from home um, is the time compression factor. You know, you're, there's not a much, as much noise. There is not as much white noise going on right now that you can get your transaction work done in a faster period of time. And have more free time to the to decide, you know, what you want to get done or how you want to advance your business on the other side of this. I've already spent time thinking about what we're going to do on the other side of this, and 
I think there's going to be a ton of opportunity. There's going to be some pent-up demand. Let the pent-up demand get out of the way. Let things fall back to the status quo um, and still break back into where you need to be. If you're in an industry that's pent-up demand industry, get out there and get your money right on the other side of this. Question for you. How many more properties do you guys – like what's your goal on that? I don't think we've talked about that, and I don't know if that – recently and i don't know if that's changed recently as well like what's your what's your plan um related to how many more units you're looking for you know and and is, is this the time that you think you're gonna you know is all that going to be accomplished over the next few years would you say or is it just like hey we want to uh, you know buy 10 every year for the next 10 years like what what's your setup we have you know as much as i say that you need to have a plan we don't have much of a set plan we do have a we're, we're in a good position now that we get to be opportunistic. I think we've concentrated a lot, a lot more on since we've got to our, you know, critical mass on uh, operational type of efficiencies, especially during this time, um, allowing us to come to the other side. You know, the thing is that pricing was getting so bad, uh, in our opinion, coming up to this, that uh, it allowed us to stop and say, take a deep breath. Let's work on operations. Let's get operations squared away. Um, Let's refine all of our processes. And then on the other side of this, we can be opportunistic, whether it's picking up additional portfolios, picking up larger size, multifamily type deals, um, commercial type stuff. You know, that's kind of where our brain is right now. I think out of all this, um, it hasn't necessarily put a kibosh on how many more units we want to add because we don't have really a definitive number. We're, we're good where we're at. If we grow, great. If not, um, we're happy where we are now what this whole situation has done is brought up a lot more discussions of instead of deploying capital on new investments, do we reduce our leverage points? Do we pay down debts um, or mortgages and try to get the portfolio debt free? You know, does it put you at a competitive advantage in times like these? Absolutely. If you have no debt, you have no reason to uh, sweat this thing out. All you got to do is pay your taxes and your maintenance costs. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, it's really made us think it's it's all ideas that we've had before. It's just forced it to come to the forefront and have deeper discussions about it yeah. um, and decide if, you know, we want to take action on it, you know? Yeah. And I mean, the witness test for these deal for real estate investors in general, are you reliant on doing new deals to stay, um, you know, to stay afloat? And, you know, that's tough. That's tough. If you ask a real estate agent that that's tough. If you ask a real estate flipper that it's tough for a lot of people is are you reliant on doing your you know one flip a month or selling your three houses a month as a real estate agent or you know even amy you know staging 10 houses a month are you reliant on that and if that dries up like number one that's work right you're trading time for dollars in that particular case you know the business model of buying real assets that's where it's about buying rental properties that's where it's about because for instance like you might not be in a position right now to just say hey like i'm good um, because you you know you have leverage on your properties, and obviously leverage isn't necessarily a bad thing, depending on how much leverage you have. But like again, if you have one, let's say you have uh, five properties, and they all bring in a thousand dollars a month, and they're all worth a hundred thousand dollars, and they're all free and clear, right? You're making five thousand dollars in gross income right now, assuming the tenants are paying and things like that. Well, guess what? You're not reliant. That income's stable. Obviously, if you lose tenants, and that's and, and that's fine, but you know you work that into your equation and your vacancy rates and things like that. But you don't need to. You're not reliant on going to buy another property to, you know, to survive. And a lot of it, real estate investors, 
you know, I feel like they're getting in this business for the wrong reasons. They're not getting in this business to buy assets. They're just getting in this business to, you know, fix and flip a house or do one-off transactions to get a fee. And there's nothing wrong with one-off transactions to get a fee, right? We do them all the time. We do them every day. You do them every, you know, every day if you're doing wholesales and, and flips. And when we do loans, I'm doing it the same thing. But the point is, is the purpose of doing that is to bucket cash to buy assets. And that can be performing notes, that can be uh, rental properties, uh, it can be any type of asset. It doesn't have to be in real estate. But the big test is, the big test is, you know, is your money working for you or are you working for your money? And so many people, I mean, we use this analogy all the time, but like most people, most real estate investors we know make less money than they would if they would just go work for the real estate investment company next door. Right. <laughs> they could just go work for the next next door and make a solid nine to five salary, go home and not have any risk of the portfolio. Yeah, I think you know something that you quoted uh, or that you told me a long time ago, I, I think about it a lot, is view every deal as you're the investor in the deal. Not that you're the operator, but you're the investor. You know, when you start taking that mindset and saying, okay, well, how can I deploy my time and money better um, than what I'm doing today? It really makes you think. And that goes from even if you're wholesaling every day, you know, um, look at Terry. I think we should bring him on and discuss how he built a team around him, you know, to potentially reduce some of his operational, daily operational stuff. But in the end, look at your business as you are the investor, not that you're the daily operator and you'll, you'll make huge strides. And now's the time to take a, take, a, take a pause, get your white noise, do all your crap in the morning, get it done, and then take your time in the afternoon. Or if you're more productive in the morning, work on your high-level stuff in the morning and then do all your transactional work in the afternoon. And invest, investment vehicle. It's a straight investment vehicle. That's the way it's got to be looked at. And, you know, everyone can do obviously what they're, what, you know, they, they want to do. And you listen, if you're selling a lot of houses, you're buying a lot of fix and flips or whatever the case is, you know, that's, that's all good. What you got behind can you, get, can you get them on? Should we do that right now? You're there a little you blurry. Go. You're a little blurry, Dan, but we can at least see it. The mystical man, Daniel. There he is. You got any words of wisdom during this uh, Corona time? Are you guys see How far is that coffee? How far is that coffee maker from you, Ian? Six uh, feet. Yeah, about six feet. All right, that's good. Oh, does it make Dan look skinny? Is that why? Is that what you're gonna say? No, I wasn't gonna say that. Um. So. I can't. Anyway. I can't. I can't even. I can't even see that it is Dan. To be honest, because the because your camera's like trying to zoom in on both of you guys and it's making you blurry but it's all good well we can't get any closer than six feet that's the issue i know I'm, i know that's that's why i asked if it was six feet away yeah maybe i'll go online if we're going to continue to do these i guess i should go online and uh order a real uh what's that thing called um camera whatever the heck you guys call these things you you have one it looks fine yeah i'm, I'm on the mac i'll get i'll get a good one all right whatever uh it's fine yeah so anyways to follow up, what we were saying about related to investing in assets. That's that's where it's about, and you gotta you gotta think of it like that because let's be honest. You know, the goal of the game is you know your passive income to be higher than your monthly outtake of, of bills and living expenses and things like that. And you know, I know for a fact that investors that have a lot of assets right now, um, yeah, they're sweating because they might be depreciating and things like that. But at least they have multiple streams of income that are coming in uh daily and regularly and 
you know, it, they're not all reliant on one. Right. What, um, what's the big plans for tomorrow? Um, I think we got Mike shock coming on tomorrow. Shocker. We got the shocker coming back. Yeah. It should be interesting to hear. He's a, he's a big flipper and he does, um, he does a lot of flips and it'd be interesting to deep dive him and see what his expectation and, I mean, even I would be wondering if you'd be willing to talk about um, some of his uh, real estate teaching and what he sees in that industry and um, what's going to come come of that, you know, the big group seminar type situations. Yeah, we'll see. We got him on. Who else we got on? Anybody? Anyone else we should invite on with him? Um, you know, I'm going to go dig through the Rolodex, see who I can find for tomorrow. Um, see if I can find someone. Yeah, if anyone thinks they can bring value to real estate investing, I'd like to I'd like to top on with some more realtors. I think realtors are good right now in different areas just to see kind of what they're seeing. You know, every realtor I talk to is very optimistic as well because they believe that you know they're seeing a lot of showings and things like that. So that's uh so that's good. Yeah, but, but um that goes back to your point just two seconds ago. Are they being optimistic because they need that next deal tomorrow, or are they being optimistic because they're really seeing good results in the marketplace you know yeah and i don't know a little bit a little bit of both a little bit about a little bit of both i guess but you know who knows you know who knows and again like we could probably end this like this yeah you know if anyone's kind of on the fence with buying real estate right now you know you got to think of every real estate investment as an asset that you purchase today you might buy it for 100 grand it might be worth 90 tomorrow it might be worth 110 tomorrow who's to know you got to do your best underwriting you got to do your best uh, analysis. Um, you know, you got to be the expert. The highest level job of any real estate investment company is the is you as the person who is underwriting the asset to determine if it's a good asset to invest in. And you know, Ian's model it, of, of buying rentals is great because guess what? You buy a property today for a hundred thousand dollars and you rent it out for a thousand dollars a month. It doesn't matter what happens tomorrow. Doesn't matter if it's worth 90 tomorrow, 80 tomorrow, zero tomorrow. Until you buy, sell, trade that asset, it doesn't matter. Equity is a fake number. It just doesn't matter. So if he buys it for $100,000 today, yeah, if it's worth 90 tomorrow, he'd be pissed off. He let you know $10,000 in equity go. But if it's a long-term play, it doesn't really matter. As long as it's rented out, the investment vehicle's running, it works fine. It doesn't matter until the time comes. Now, obviously, you know, it makes the most sense to make sure you're not too over leveraged on this in case you do need to unload properties quickly. But the point being that, you know, today you might buy that property for a hundred, tomorrow something happens and you say, you know what, the house is only worth about 80 to me now and I wanna buy it for 80. That's fine, go buy it, go buy it for 80. You know, in my opinion, the best loans that we're writing right now are right, are right now. A loan I wrote today is better than a loan I wrote three months ago or three weeks ago for that matter. Right, we're more conservative today than I was potentially three weeks three weeks ago. So as the markets are turning and going up and going down, you adjust and you pivot and you change your your underwriting of that asset to whatever you see is fit and to whatever makes the most sense. And again, you might not be right all the time, but you know if you're doing this in volume or you're doing this and you're acquiring assets and you look at everything kind of as a whole. So let's say Ian has five properties in one neighborhood, right? He buys five properties in the same neighborhood. He pays 100 for one, 90 for one, 80 for one, 130 for one, and 110 for one. Like, look at his cost average on those in general, right? It's okay. Maybe he paid too much for one, but maybe he got a home run deal over here. 
So that's kind of the way I look at it. Now, obviously, if you're fixing and flipping houses and you're looking for short-term, real short-term profit, you know, that doesn't work as well. Um, but again, I still think there's an opportunity and I see fix, you know, investors buying fix and flips every day right now because partially it's because, hey, I could have bought this property for 130 three weeks ago. Now I got the guy down to 110. It's a good deal. I'm gonna take advantage of it. And maybe it might be a good deal, but like mentally, I think people are saying I got it at a twenty thousand dollar discount. I should take advantage of this. But if you're doing a fix and flip, you know, time is money, get in and out of it as quick as possible, buy it at you know, the price that you think makes sense, execute, 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 because that's where this comes to, execute as quick as possible and get the and get it unloaded as quick as possible and have a contingency plan. You know, maybe you hold it as a rental if you need to, uh, whatever the case is, maybe you move into it if you need to, whatever, whatever the place is. So have definite backup plans, but, um, uh, you know, I don't care if the market, you know, decreased and decreased and decreased and decreased. As it's going down and down and down, we would continue to buy and we would continue to lend. And as the market goes up, we would continue to buy and continue to lend. We would just adjust accordingly. All very, very valid points. My, my phone just dinged. Amazon package. Sorry, Glenn. Jason was on a rant. I was listening. My phone rang. I got my Amazon package came here. It looks like my uh, new golf sticks here. And I'm about to tear you guys up. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I'll show you what it looks. I'll show you what it looks like right here, and so you have it. So this is what the this is what the golf club looks like. It's got a uh, a holder, like if you're playing Nintendo Wii. <laughs> so so you so if you're playing a game game you don't throw it at your you throw it at your TV. It hooks up to a golf game, and this is just you know you swing this like a golf club. It's actually a good grip. That's one of the strong things is the grip is good. And if you want, you can actually. There's, there's an adapter that goes into here, and actually you can hook that up into any golf club if you want, but then you'd have to go in and out each time, you know, like put in your driver, then put in your putter. So the game, you know, we'll all play. Me, me, you, and Glenn will play. Whoever else has it, let us know if you have – what's it called? Fi golf? P golf? Fi golf? Let us know if you have it, and we'll try to do a group, uh, you know, a group game coming up soon. It is a little bit limited. Um, I got to upgrade so I can get all the courses. I haven't done that yet, but it's hard at this point. Like I'm having a hard, it, it, it's just hard and I pull everything left. Although that's typically what I do on the golf course anyways, but uh, all right, cool. what time, we, what time are we on tomorrow? So we can tell everybody. Same time tomorrow, which seems like one is a good time after lunch. Uh, like Jason said, if anybody has any questions, feel free to reach out to me in at equitywarehouse.com where you can find Jason at jason at hardmoneybankers.com um or shoot us a message right on here if you want to jump online um we're going to be talking to mike shock who's a flipper if any of you guys are out there are flipping or wholesaling you want to jump on here do a live with us i'd love to hear and see what you're um here and see what you're seeing in the marketplace currently um we would love to have you on as a guest if you if we're ever live and you want to jump on all you gotta do is shoot us a message and we can shoot you the link and you can jump right on all right, guys. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, stay proactive, and play and stay 